Uniting Nations. I'm Stephanie Van Hook from the Meta Center for Nonviolence, and I co-host this show with my colleague Anna Ikeda from Soka Gakkai International. We explore the intersection of nonviolence and the work of the United Nations. In this episode, I speak with Yehuda Silverman on peacebuilding, dialogue, and his hope and idealism for the United Nations as a peacebuilding entity through his participation in some of the UN's key peacebuilding programs. Hi, my name is Yehuda Silverman, and I have a PhD in conflict analysis and resolution with a concentration in international peace. I am a peacebuilding academic, a practitioner and academic, and I work with a variety of organizations. I currently teach at Northwestern University's Civic Education Project, and I also work as a cultural exchange assistant with the Quaint. And finally, I also am a facilitator for the International Center for Religion and Diplomacy. I've never heard that term before, pracdemic. Say more about that. What does that what does that mean? Practice and academia together. Yeah. So in the field of peace building, it's important that I'm involved in all different areas, being a practitioner and an academic. So it's combining those two fields into a connective unity where I'm involved in university in some capacity, though also can take a look at what's going on around our world and being able to support a variety of different communities beyond the traditional university bubble. So it's important that I'm constantly connected and involved in different spaces and aware of the elements in our world. And having the PhD that you hold is is something quite exceptional in our world today. And if you could tell us a story about what inspired you to become a peace builder. Yes. Well, what brought me to being a peace builder was as early as first grade when I was in school and we had a Holocaust teacher and I would arrive back home and I would ask my parents about our family and what happened to our relatives in the Holocaust. And they didn't have any answers. So it became a journey to connect more with my relatives to understand what happened. And many of my relatives didn't have much of an understanding either because the relatives that were around to know some of those dynamics didn't want to share and wanted to focus currently in their lives. And when my grandfather passed away in 1994, he was not able to share so much of what happened to most of his siblings. And just recently in the last year, I was able to uncover through the databases that most of his siblings had passed away. We have found documents and many of them had been married and had children and no one in the family knew that whatsoever. And so what brought me to be a peace builder is recognizing the tremendous atrocity of the Holocaust and many genocides and the impact that it had in our family and continues to have and the injustices of their memories being erased and my journey trying to uncover their names and trying to honor their memories as being a peace builder. And so growing up, I didn't know much about the peace building field. 
I came across the conflict resolution field through my master's program in corporate communication and public relations and had a class in conflict management. And that made me realize, oh, there's a whole field out there that's focused on conflict resolution. So I looked all over the world for a PhD programs in that area. And the only one that resonated with me was the one in Nova Southeastern University in Florida because it had a substantial amount of practitioner-based courses, which is what I was looking for, especially in the field of peace building. That's, that's a very powerful story. And I think that a lot of people would also, they identify with that as well of work in peace building as, as being prompted by the horrors of genocide and the horrors of the Holocaust as a way of almost trauma healing. So you're also working within the UN system? Yes. So I always wanted to be connected with the UN and I wasn't sure how that would align as I was going through my studies. And then I came across the United Nations Alliance of Civilization Fellowship Program. And finally, I could see myself in the UN through that capacity. And so this fellowship program focused a lot on dialogue and building inclusivity and traveling to Morocco, Egypt, and Qatar to learn more about our world. And that brought me to the UN a few months later to be a part of the UNNOC forum. And I was able to connect with many more peace builders and work on a peace building recommendations report, which was presented to the UN Secretary General Envoy on Youth. So the UNOC Fellowship opened many doors into the world of dialogue because in our program in conflict resolution, I wasn't fully aware of the entire field of dialogue. And that fellowship program continued for many years and still does because we're alumni of the fellowship. And so we're, we're invited to a different events. And that was the first UN initiative that I became part of. And that brought me to CELIA, which is a program that is certified by the UN Habitat. And so I became an intercultural dialogue facilitator through them and then became involved with UNESCO MGIP, which is the Mahatma Gandhi Institute for Education and Peace and Sustainable Development through their fellowship program and having a dialogue with policymakers and focusing on reimagining education and then working with them in facilitating courses on social and emotional learning and the digital teacher. And even a third UN branch called WFUNA, WFNA, the World Federation of United Nations Association based in South Korea, which focuses on the Korean conflicts and reconciliation. And so these UN branches are some of the main areas that I'm constantly involved in. And I'm always looking to explore additional capacities of where I can connect with the UN and also supporting uh, emerging peace builders as well. So it sounds like you have maintained some of your idealism about the, the capacity of the UN, uh, especially with peace building. I wonder if you could talk about your hope for the UN in regard to peace building and with all of your experience with the various um, channels that you're involved in. Uh, what do you think it's doing well and what would you love to see it do more of? I believe the UN is striving to involve youth in a variety of initiatives. It's an ongoing journey of bringing more awareness of what the UN does and all of its branches and providing 
those spaces for the UN to find themselves because we are the UN and we can contribute to building a better world. I believe the UN is constantly evolving and the youth is driving that initiative. And so I feel that with a lot of these youth fellowships and different programs, there's a whole new dynamic forming where our generation is very much involved in the digital world. And I see so much capacity for the, the virtual and online space to become a place where people can connect and build bridges and hear about one another's stories. And so I believe the UN has tremendous abilities to further cultivate these initiatives. And it's up to us to share about these important dynamics and encourage the UN to further invest in the youth and recognize that we are all connected. Can you speak more about the engagement of youth with the UN? How do they include the voices in their multilateral discussions and and why that is, that, that's so important? Yeah, there's been an ongoing drive to have youth more involved. At times, you know, it's kind of like they're there for a moment and they have some input and then that's put on pause. But now there seems to be more of a call to have youth constantly involved and having their voice heard through policy recommendations, through conferences and forums, through finding ways to connect and stay connected. And I think the UN is still trying to figure out how to change the past dynamics of what the UN structure was and incorporate new ways of involving youth, especially the the areas of new media, because a lot of the youth are involved in these technological fields. And bridging that all together is going to be important in bringing about new decision-making and having their voices heard. And it's still an ongoing process, though I feel very optimistic about it. That's wonderful. And, and your work in dialogue, and you mentioned this organization, Acquaint, you know, this is the year of dialogue as a guarantee of peace. It's really your year here at the UN. So uh, what does dialogue mean to you? Why is it so important? And familiarize us a little bit with Acquaint. Acquaint us with Acquaint. <laughs> yes. So Acquaint is a recent initiative that is focusing on interpersonal dialogue on their free virtual platform where anyone over the age of 15 can connect online through a decentralized dialogue, meaning that there is no facilitator. It is a connection between you and one person somewhere around the world. And you can have many sessions through their virtual platform. And there's a lot of different educational modules that you can connect with and have discussions about. And when I think about dialogue, you know, this varies depending on the framework of how we look at dialogue. Though for me, dialogue is about going into a connection with curiosity and active listening and being present in that moment to connect with an open heart and open mind. And because it's an interpersonal dialogue, it really allows for that deepness and ability to ask questions and connect and form a deeper understanding of our human beyond the mainstream 
headline news that we may seem to sometimes get misperceptions about with cultures and, and nations and communities. So with Acquaint, we can become acquainted with people around our world and they have uh, volunteers from over 85 nations currently on the platform that are engaging in dialogue every day. And it's just been very heartwarming to see that. And as, as an Alliance for Peacebuilding member, it's just really great to see. Many of the volunteers have shared that through engaging on the platform of Acquaint, they become more inspired in the general field of peacebuilding. And that's been really exciting to see because dialogue has encouraged people to get more involved in seeing the different areas surrounding peacebuilding. And that's been something exciting because the, it's an ongoing and growing field. And so that's something that I've really been excited about is how the platform is inspiring many people of all different ages and backgrounds to become more interested and active in that field. And what what is the, the website where people can learn more about that? Yeah, the website's acquaint, acquaint.org. And you can take a look and sign up for free to be a volunteer. And there's a little bit of an onboarding process. And after that, you can schedule your availability and meet, you know, once or twice a week and set your, your time frame. And generally sessions are about 45 minutes to an hour long. And there's a lot of different time slots that you can choose from. And then you're connected. And then you have that adventure together. <laughs> that sounds amazing. When I think about the connection then to nonviolence, because we're looking at the intersection of nonviolence and the UN. Nonviolence is, some say it's a kind of a conversation, really. And when you're having a conversation with somebody in nonviolence, it's not just through actions. It's uh, not just through our words. It's through actions and a way of being and a way of seeing the person in front of you or the people in front of you as fully human, right? These are elements I imagine that you discover through the power of dialogue is this kind of rehumanization process or humanizing the, the need to humanize in the process of having dialogue. And I was wondering if you could speak to that and anything you have to say about the potential for nonviolence at the UN as it's related to your work in, in dialogue and peace building and so forth. Yeah. So people look at nonviolence in different ways. And nonviolence for me is about building positive peace. It's about looking at the root causes of what the dynamics are. And oftentimes in peace building, the intrapersonal dynamics, that is the individual dynamics of a person, isn't something that's focused on too much, that intrapersonal perspective. And so for me, nonviolence begins internally. And I think often through Kingian nonviolence, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s philosophies and how nonviolence is building a beloved community. And so therefore it focuses on cultivating a love for the self in a way where we can heal from past traumas or current challenges and come to a deeper understanding of ourselves and where we are situated in our shared humanity. And so nonviolence requires a deep inner awareness and sense of analysis of who we are and where we are in the journey of life and how we connect with people and recognizing 
that we all have a capacity to support one another and see each person as an interconnected part of society rather than as an other and the divisive elements that can happen through the media or through education. And so it's recognizing what are those elements that nonviolence uh, is about and when any type of area of violence can occur, even if it's just through the words of something that may be in contrast to a community, being aware and, and, and also being uh, someone who can advocate for a community when they're not present is important to cultivating a world of nonviolence. And that's why I believe so much in the, in the essential hope that peace education will begin from when we are babies until, you know, we are senior citizens. Like it's a lifelong learning process. And I believe peace education should be with us throughout our lives. And unfortunately, it's still very much not developed and taught in schools and beyond schools. It should be something included in every area of life. And um, that's where my, my hope is that we find new modalities for peace education and encourage curriculum in all areas to shine a light on the importance of building peace. Yehuda Silverman, thank you so much for your time today and for being in dialogue and, and sharing so much light with our listeners. Thank you, Stephanie. And my peace be with you and everyone. Thanks again. <laughs>